Hello and welcome to episode 85 of the Talk Witchcraft podcast. In this episode, Erica and I will be discussing the fire element. You're listening to Talk Witchcraft. On this podcast, we talk about witchcraft as a lifestyle and discover how to merge magic into your daily life. Every week, we'll demystify witchy topics like tarot, astrology, crystals, herbs, and more as you develop your personal brand of magic and create the life of your dreams. We're your hosts, the Mystic Sisters, Erica and Maggie. In this segment of the show, we choose a tarot card for the week, and we look at the moments that relate to this card in our daily lives. For this episode, we chose the Ace of Wands. The theme of this card is the essence of the fire element, movement. So when you get the Ace of Wands in a reading, it means that you need to move. It's time to go. It's time to get up and do something and take action. So the universe is literally handing you a stick and saying, go, 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 which gets your heart rate up and the excitement of something new takes hold. And usually I think of this card in terms of like the baton race. So the card is the universe handing you the wand and it's like, take this, go, and it's time to move. And I don't think that we can avoid the phallic shape of the wand. I mean, sometimes a wand is a wand and sometimes a wand is a penis. So the Ace of Wand is this idea of swinging a big stick, having gravitas or swagger, and having that kind of impact when you walk into a room. It's a reminder that you've got this, so feel free to strut a little bit. So all in all, the Ace of Wands really is just a big penis. And again, I don't say that to make fun or to have a giggle, although it is kind of funny. I think it it really helps me to remember it when I think of a person in my life who has a ton of confidence and swagger in the world. This card is kind of a reminder to take on a little bit of that energy and act like that person. So Erica, do you have a story about feeling motivated to get going or being a swaggering, confident man? So I, for a while, have not been feeling comfortable in my body, not feeling comfortable in the way that clothes are fitting me, not feeling comfortable in the way that my body looks and knowing that I'm out of shape because I start breathing hard, just going upstairs and things, things are just my, with my body are not in a place where I want to be. So what kind of was my ace of wands moment for this was I making a Zelda cosplay. I think I talked about it on the last episode and I was trying on the part of the shirt that I've gotten complete just to make sure that everything's kind of laying in the right spot. And I have a little bit of a worry that once I put the zipper in, it won't fit. And so that was my ace of wands moment of saying, this is unacceptable. I'm working really hard on this cosplay. It should fit because I picked the correct size for my body. But the fact that it's not fitting is making me feel even worse about my body. So TikTok made me buy it. And I got one of those infinity hoop things. That is like a hula hoop, but it's tight on your waist and it has the weighted ball that goes around it. Um, And you just kind of shake your hips. And their promise is if you do it for 30 minutes for 30 days, you'll lose one link, which is equivalent to two inches on your waist. So 
I bought it. It's being delivered today. I'm really excited about it. And I'm going to get in shape because I'm going to Costa Rica and I have this cosplay that I want to wear and I'm not feeling good in my body and I want to feel good in my body. I know it's not about like weight, but it's just about feeling good. Yeah, I think that's important is like not thinking about things in terms of what you're supposed to look like or what you think you're supposed to look like, but like what will make you feel good in the way that you look. Exactly. When did you grab a baton? I've talked about on the podcast before that my husband and I are moving to South Carolina and that there's a lot of just like hurry up and wait where it's like you have to do this thing and then you have to wait for a long time. And so I feel like every time something changes in the situation, that's the universe giving us a baton. Like, okay, no no waiting. You have to take action on this. You have to go, 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 do the things that you need to do so that everything later can fall into place. So I, so I guess I feel like I've been getting a lot of wands handed to me. <laughs> Sometimes it's nice to have the motivation or the very specific action plan of what you need to do next and the motivation to do it. But when it's like all the time and it's like, oh, I feel like I already did the thing. I don't want to do any more things. <laughs> so um, having too many ace of ones is sometimes hard. But I feel like sometimes that ha- that does happen where it's like you're just feeling like I have so many ideas and so many things that I want to move on. But like there's only so many hours in the day. Right. Yeah. So you could be given a bunch of ace of wands. And then you have to make a choice about like which one you is important is the thing that you actually have to take action toward. I get my monthly horoscope sent to me in my email so that I can kind of plan for how the planets are moving, all that stuff. So Jupiter is moving into Taurus, which is my rising sign. Jupiter being the planet of expansion, it's I feel like what my horoscope was telling me is that this is a month of movement and of going and of drive. And I'm like, but I just want to sit and read my book and enjoy the sun. Can I just do that instead? (laughs) So I feel you. Universe says no. You know, the universe says no. (laughs) All right. Maybe the next month when Jupiter moves out of, or I guess Jupiter stays for more than a month, but when Jupiter leaves Taurus, you can. Right. Well, and so I am going on my trip in June. So it makes sense. Yeah. You got to prepare for the trip. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) all right so let's move on to our main topic for the week every quarter we're going to do an episode dedicated to one of the four elements so as i mentioned before today we are talking about the element of fire but let's just talk about what the elements are so erica do you want to give us a little background i do indeed the foundation of natural magic is working with the rhythms of the natural world so the four elements of air fire water and earth are the fundamental building blocks of our physical and spiritual experience. In nature, the elements take the form of wind and atmosphere, the sun and energy, the lakes, streams and oceans, and the rocks and the soil. And the elements also can represent everything else. (laughs) So anything that we can experience with our five senses, like take textures, tastes, smells, sights, and sounds, basically anything that exists in the physical realm, can be grouped into one of the elemental categories. And then there are also the spiritual experiences. So things that are more on like a vibrational level can also be grouped into these four elements. We are discussing how to correspond with the fire element in your witchcraft practice in this episode and a bunch of different 
techniques and reasons that you might want to know about this. The first thing to think about is about the cardinal directions, because each of the four elements corresponds with one of the four directions. Most people learn these directions in early school years. There's north, south, east, and west. And to remember the order that they appear in the circle, we are taught a chant, or at least I was, never eat soggy waffles. North, east, south, west, never eat soggy waffles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think we've all heard that saying many, many times. In witchcraft, each of the four directions correspond with one of the four elements. East is air, south is fire, west is water, and north is earth. There are other belief systems which use the different correspondences, including those who live in the southern hemisphere. Oh, however, this is how we will discuss them in this podcast. If it doesn't totally make sense with you, as with everything we talk about, you can determine whether what we present to you aligns with it, or if you want to switch it up and choose something that makes more sense to you. Here are some things that you might want to consider when evaluating what you believe, look at your natural environment. If there's a large body of water, like a lake or ocean in one direction, that might be the direction you associate with the water element. Mountains or long stretches of land in another direction could indicate the earth element. So like in Colorado, I have the mountains to the west and I have the plains to the east. So I could pick either <laughs> to be my earth element. Landlocked makes it hard to choose which way is earth. <laughs> right. Or so like I could do west is the mountains and earth and the plains could be air because there's so much air just everywhere. Yeah. And for me, I live on a peninsula with Tampa Bay to the east and the Gulf of Mexico to the west. So I'm pretty much surrounded by water. So kind of the reverse issue. But I see the larger body of water is to the west. And so that direction is my water direction. And then north is where the peninsula attaches to more land. So that's the earth direction for me. For most people in the northern hemisphere, as you go south, it gets warmer. So it kind of makes sense to say that that direction is fire, but maybe something else makes more sense to you. So anyway, those are just a couple of examples of how you might consider these things. I think the most important thing with witchcraft is like what makes sense and you can remember is what matters the most. <laughs> After all of that talk... Remember that for this podcast and this episode, we are talking about South equals fire. Pretty much the main reason to understand this relationship between the directions and the elements is for casting a circle before doing spell work. A circle is a temporary sacred space that is meant to contain wanted energy inside and protect your energy from unwanted influence coming from the outside. And it is most often cast by facing each of the four cardinal directions and inviting the element of that direction to join you and protect you. So most witches in the northern hemisphere start by facing east, turn south, then west, and then north. And I use the chant we mentioned earlier to remember the order, but it becomes a little bit Yoda-esque for witchcraft purposes. Eat soggy waffles, never. <laughs> or it could be sort of childish. Eat soggy waffles, not. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the reason for this rotation is due to the way energy flows in the northern hemisphere, which is clockwise. And in the southern hemisphere, you would reduce, re reduce, reverse this order, east, north, west, south. What would that be? Eat, not. Waffles, soggy. <laughs> 
So when you're opening a circle, you may wish to place objects associated with the element in that direction and then remove them as you close. And we're going to share some ideas for these kinds of objects later on that you might place in the southern direction for your fire element. And then to close the circle, you move in the opposite direction that you went to open it. In the northern hemisphere, it would be northwest, southeast. And as you do so, think the direction for its help and say goodbye. All right. So now you have some context for the four elements and the four directions and how they might be related, how it might be something you would use in your witchcraft practice. So let's talk very specifically about the fire element. The fire element is one of two active elements. The other one is air. Fire rules over the physical energy like heat and light, as well as all kinds of activity, leadership and power. When doing spell work surrounding these concepts, it would be good to correspond with the fire element. The body parts that are associated with fire include the energetic aspects of the body, such as willpower, movement, and body heat. And the sense of sight is also associated with fire. There are three zodiac signs that are associated with each of the elements. The ones that are associated with fire are... Aries, Leo, and Sagittarius, and these fire signs represent three different states of the fire element. So if we start with the cardinal sign of Aries, this is the spark when the fire is first lit. The fixed sign of Leo is the sustaining flames of a wildfire or campfire. And the mutable sign of Sagittarius is the coals. They hold the essence of the fire, but they are ready to transform into something else. And before we talk about more ways to work with fire, let's hear a word from our sponsor. Triora, Italy, has been given the nickname the Town of Witches to remember the witches who were burned here. We invite you to visit the site and learn the history of how bad weather or poor crop yield led to a famine and desperate citizens seeking out someone to blame, witches. Discover the full gruesome story at the Ethnographic and Witchcraft Museum which is dedicated to the agricultural and rural history of the region with a focus on the witch trials. Take a stroll down the cobbled streets and look out for signs of witchcraft, markings, statues, and carvings. Purchase your witchy souvenirs and tour the haunted homes of accused witches. Go hiking in the surrounding mountains where you may meet a fairy or two and discover the alleged location of ancient satanic rituals. Triora is the town of witches, a hot spot for spooky festivals, mysterious potions, and lessons about what a witch truly is. Come one, come all. And now back to your regularly scheduled programming. As previously mentioned, south is the direction that corresponds with the fire element. You may wish to represent this element on your altar by placing an object associated with fire at the south point of your altar and or when casting a circle. Here are some ideas of some fiery things. You could put something that is red, orange, or bright blue in color. A wand or a tarot card from the suit of wands. A bowl of ash or matches. Rocks that are associated with fire, like red jasper and lava stones. A statue or symbolic representation of the sun or fire. Candles or incense. That's my favorite one. It's It feels like the most obvious. Yeah. <laughs> fire is also associated with the season of summer. And so throughout the summer season, you may wish to focus on connecting to the themes of fire. If you recall from our Beltane episode last year, Beltane marks the first day of summer for many witches. Hooray! 
we're recording on Beltane, so yeah. happy summer. Happy summer. <laughs> Many of the materials associated with Beltane, Aletha, and Lunasa are also associated with the fire element. For example, sunflowers, lemons, emeralds, and citrine. All right, so now let's talk about some specific activities and spells you could do to work with fire. First idea, you could write sigils, names, words, runes, and so forth that represent whatever your intention is and burn it because of the fire. In order to burn things, you have to have fire. (laughs) Yes. You could do this process to manifest or to banish, depending on your intention. So if you're banishing something, just make sure that you remove the ashes from your home promptly. I like to flush them down the toilet, send them to the sewer. That's a good way to banish, but you could also bury them in your trash or anything like that. If you're banishing, you don't want to let them free on your property. You want to take them away from your property because that's not really letting them go. It's not banishing them. They're still here. Exactly. I often, if I can't put it in the trash can or I don't flush it down the toilet, sometimes I'll just take them to a remote space because I drive around in all different sites of remote spaces and kind of dump them out. And then they're just not on my property. It's like with a mouse. When you capture a mouse, you're not supposed to let them go outside because they'll just come back in. You have to take them like 20 miles away. (laughs) (laughs) So the main thesis of today's episode is that banished things are mice. Yeah. All right, what's another idea? You can light a bonfire and dance and sing around it either by yourself or with your loved ones to raise the energy of the season and the fire and all the stuff. You can gaze into a flame and practice scrying. So this is where you let your eyes become unfocused and you look at a flame and you start to pay attention to what kind of shapes appear in the flame in the really like clear part in the middle or the orange parts or any any part of the flame that you're seeing things appear, even the smoke, if you see runes or if you see words or symbols, that's what scrying is. And then you interpret what those symbols mean. You can practice candle magic. You could practice sex magic. You could also carve wax figures to represent someone or something you want to banish or bind and then burn it with your intention. And again, removing your banished things from your property. And you could write wishes on bay leaves. Bay leaves are associated with witches. So if you write your wishes on the leaf and then burn it, it will manifest the wish. Put it into like a spell jar or something. Keep those ashes. You can also cook with fire using a campfire grill or stovetop. Fire! Fire! (laughs) (laughs) And now one other thing that you might want to do to really connect with fire is to kind of imagine yourself as fire or really notice how fire shows up in your day-to-day life. And so one thing that you can do is to go outside on a really sunny day could be and really notice the feeling of that sunshine warming your skin and how the light filters through the leaves and reflect on the, the difference between the sun and the shade. And that's fire. I actually did that this morning. I was channeling cats. There was a sunbeam coming in through the window and I was just standing in it and like warming my toes up Aww. and... I was kind of in the middle of everything. And so people were walking by me and I was like, I'm being a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Another thing that you can do is to turn off the lights in your home and then spend the evening in candlelight or sit by the lit fireplace uh, and just kind of take in that natural light and natural fire versus the electric kind. You could do scrying with this as well. Like, but with the shadows, you could also eat spicy food because a lot of spicy foods are associated with fire element. 
and visualize the heat of your breath as fire as you exhale like you're a dragon you may get heartburn so just embrace it because that's fire (laughs) that's the fire element (laughs) in your body (laughs) and then you know take some initiative to finish those neglected projects and do it with a fiery ambition I'm gonna do this feel that spark in your veins as you burn through all of the things that have been weighing you down. I heard a spectacular idea of writing down all the things that you have to do all of your tasks and then using a D20 to roll like you would in a D&D game and then whatever number you get is the one that you have to do and I'm all about it. That's such a good idea. I was also thinking as a like a fire exercise to like Write down everything you have to do and then visualize yourself as a bonfire and like burn the list. And that's like you're setting the initial spark to like do the things. And then after you do all of the things, you could actually burn the list. Yeah. And then get rid of the things. Get rid of the ashes because you're vanishing them. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Get rid of the mice. Or use the ashes for a future spell where you're focused. Because, hey, I did all these things. Mm -hmm. The ashes have all the energy of me having done them. Completing. Mm -hmm. And so I could channel that energy for a future to-do list. Isn't witchcraft fun? You can do so many things with it. (laughs) So many things. And one final idea is to observe other unexpected forms of fire, like electricity, the twinkle in somebody's eye. The warmth of a snuggling body like your cat. The passion that you feel from somebody speaking like a motivational speech or something like that. And maybe you have some other ideas for what an unexpected form of fire might be. We had, oh my gosh, speaking of electricity, we had the craziest lightning storm on Saturday night. It kept us up really late because it it was just like so bright. It It almost looked like daylight every time a lightning struck. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. I was playing a video game and got struck by lightning in the video game. (laughs) Oh, I was like, (laughs) I thought you really did get struck by lightning. I was like, why wasn't that the first thing you told me? (laughs) Nope, it was quite uh, epic and catastrophic. But did you die? I did, absolutely. Oh. Oh, gosh, okay. So what happened in Breath of the Wild is they have lightning storms, and if you have a metallic weapon it channels the lightning. And so you have to put away your metallic things. And I was fighting two baddies that had metallic weapons. And instead of running away, I was trying to kill them before the lightning struck and the lightning struck the baddie and I was there. (laughs) Oh, so it didn't even just hurt them. It hurt you too because you were nearby. It hurt me too. Yes. I caught on fire and I died instantly. (laughs) Jeez. Fire. The moral of the story is fire. Yes. All right. <laughs> it is both creation and destruction. This episode is brought to you by Fire Agate. A gate. Fire Agate is brownish red, orange, blue, and green. Its appearance is swirling, luminescent, and it's a smallish stone. It's obtainable from specialist stores, and it is usually sourced in the United States, Czech Republic, India, Iceland, Morocco, and Brazil. Fire agate is an active stone that corresponds with the fire element, the planet Mars, and the zodiac sign Aries. It is most commonly used for protection, 
vitality and for spiritual growth. I think Fire Agate is a really good stand-in for fire in any spell. Like if you, for whatever reason, can't have fire, an open flame in your home, maybe if you live in a college dorm room or an apartment building that doesn't allow fires, or if you're afraid of fire or anything like that, I think that Fire Agate would be a really good thing to use in its place. You could visualize that it is burning things. It wouldn't obviously actually burn things, but it could be a visualization where that thing is destroyed or manifested or whatever the intention of the spell is. Yeah, and I think too, like, because of its swirling colorfulness, um, you could even use it as like looking into a flame and just like see what you see within these those colors. Yeah, for sure. It's got a lot of depth to it. So it'd be good for a scrying surface. So anyway, it's a very versatile stone. Just like with all the crystals that we talk about, it's kind of good to just be creative with how you might want to use them, what kind of spells you would use them in for any of those intentions that I said before, for protection, for vitality, and for spiritual growth. Those could be the themes of your spell, but you could do any kind of spell to bring those things about, like a candle spell or a charm bag or a crystal grid or anything like that. Next week, we will be looking at our lives through the lens of Othula, which is a rune that represents inheritance. The symbol of this rune looks like a knot tied together to show the symbolic connection that we have with our ancestors and with the ancestral home of our ancestors. It also represents heritage, tradition, family ties, and inheritance. Heritage and inheritance sound so similar that I thought I was being redundant, but they're just different. They're different words that sound the same. So we'll be looking at these themes and many more when we come back next week. If you have a story about Othila that you would like to share with us, please send us a voicemail to we listen at talkwitchcraft.com. You can find out more about this episode by going to mumblesandthings.com slash blog slash 086. Join us next week when we talk about Venus Aphrodite and Frig Freya. Make sure that you subscribe so that you're notified about each new episode. And to help other witches find the show, please leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram at Mumbles and Things. And if you have any other tips to add, tell us about it in the Talk Witchcraft Forum in the Mumbles Academy community. And don't forget to share this episode with your witchy friends and followers. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.